When church doesn't work is when it's like a football game. Nine exhausted people badly in need of rest being watched by 10,000 people badly in need of some exercise. That's not God's vision for the church. It's kind of what those people in the video have in mind, right? I'm going to come, I'm going to watch while my car gets a buff and wax. It's obviously just meant to be a joke, but it, it reflects something true about many churches. Many churches, um, it's easy to come to for the first time and to think, this is something I get to watch. This is something I get to observe and, um, you know, maybe contribute to in a very small way. Um, when in fact, that's the opposite of what it's meant to be. Church is not meant to be about 700 people watching a couple people up front. It's meant to be about all of us throughout the week doing God's work in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, uh, wherever we are, and coming together to, um, to, to practice what it means to be part of God's family, to, to, to be sent out every week, sent out on that mission again and again and again. That's, uh, that's God's vision for the church, that we're all part of this functioning body that's out there in the world every day. That church is much more than something we do on Saturday. Church is something, or Sunday. Sure, I know what day it is. Um, and that church is something much more than something that's done by professionals and supported by others. It's something that's done by all of us and sometimes supported by professionals. We're all invited to play a part in that and it can't get focused in on itself. By its very nature and calling, the focus of the church, the community of Christians, is on the world around it. Followers of Jesus are also learning that their homes, their neighborhoods, their places of employment are all areas where God is at work through and in us. It's a story of a pastor in a church in downtown Atlanta who was approached one Sunday by somebody who was thinking about the church in the opposite way. This woman said she'd come across a person who was down on their luck looking for a place to stay, get it back on his feet, and find another job. She called the church office that week to see if the church could do something and didn't get an answer. Nobody called her back, and eventually she said she just took the guy into her own home and helped him find a job, and she said, don't you think, pastor, the church should have done something for this man? The pastor just looked at her and said, sounds like it did. There's work to be done in the Christian community and in the wider world around us. And it's not something we can outsource. It's rather something that we're each called to be a part of. To grasp just how huge of a goal God has for us um, is the work of a lifetime. We're a community of learners, learning the full extent of God's love for us, learning the full extent of our brokenness, learning the full extent of the gifts that God has given us and how he's calling us to exercise and use them in ministry. Ministry is living a life using our God-given gifts to do God's work both within the Christian community and in the wider world. When Christians are learning that and living that, they, they can become inspired and highly motivated because they're part of something much bigger than themselves. A church made up of people like that is, is filled with excitement and power. It's magnetic and compelling and far removed from passive recipients of religious services like the people in the video. A dynamic, growing community of Christians is where every person is living their life of ministry. That's a, a high goal, I recognize. That's, uh, that's something that Jesus, like I said a few weeks ago, prayed for. A church that was united. A church that was together working towards the same goal as one body. And it's a huge challenge 
because we live in a world that is very broken, and we're broken people trying to follow a perfect God towards wholeness ourselves. So you might be wondering how on earth somebody uh, figures out what God is calling them to do. If we all have this, this thing God is calling us to be part of, that sounds nice, but that's a pretty daunting challenge for most of us to imagine being part of God's work in the world or the church. And so um, God has given us some help, and we're going to look at a few passages in the Bible that talk about what kinds of gifts for ministry there are out there. How might God have prepared people for ministry? So we're going to look yeah, at these passages. Take a look at Romans. So there's a bit of a list of gifts at the end of this passage. We'll, we'll read the whole thing through so you get the context. But uh, Paul says to the Romans, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members. Not all the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. All right, so there's a bit of a list there at the end, right? He's, he makes a few good points there. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. <laughs> you're part of a body. Um, just because you think you're your part of the body so much more important than others doesn't mean you can look down on the other body parts. They're all useful. Um, and he also talks about the whole of our lives. Present your whole body to be your spiritual worship to God. So there's a whole a holism to, to this. It's not just a matter of, you know, there's, there's the part of your life God cares about and there's the part he doesn't care about. He, he wants all of you to be um, turned towards him and um, part of his plan for his kingdom. And so there's a bit of a list there of, of different gifts at the end, some familiar, things like teaching, things like giving, things like leading. We get all those. The only one that's usually, uh, there's two that are usually a bit confusing, things like prophesying. You might immediately think of fortune tellers or, you know, people who tell the future. It's not really the definition of a prophet in the Bible. In the Bible, a prophet is somebody who speaks for God. God may have things to say about the past, the present, or the future, but uh, they are somebody that God has chosen to particularly speak for him into a situation to a people. So that's prophesying. And uh, exhortation. Exhortation is when you kind of challenge people, and uh, it's usually a very direct challenge, uh, especially if um, it's a, a challenge to take the faith and run with it. And... Uh, uh, live out uh, following Jesus. That's what somebody can be exhorted to. It's a very firm, direct challenge to get on, get on the job, that kind of thing. Uh, now let's look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. It's going to be a little bit later in the Bible. Have you all already looked it up while I've been talking? Nobody's flipping pages very clearly? Yes. Uh, Ephesians 4, chap uh, chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord in prison, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, 
with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Do you see that common theme here? Just as you were called to one faith of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. For each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. So, and then he goes on about unity again. In this passage, Paul's got to make the point that the church is meant to be one body because our tendency when God gives us particular gifts and abilities is to think they're all about us. And so he again has to make the point, this is not about you, this is about Christ's body and your part in it. That's important. And God needs all kinds, and particularly in ministry that's taking care of the church, he needs apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. Some of those, again, are familiar, some not so much. Apostles, these are, these are the ones who organize um, new systems for, for people to, to become part of. New, these are church planters, people who start new churches. Um, these are, are people who go to places where there aren't any yet and establish um, new ways for people to come together in faith. Um, prophets, we've already talked about. Uh, evangelists are those who tell the story. Um, they, they tell the story of, of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, how it applies to their life, Many people often say, yeah, that, that, I want that to be part of my life too. That's evangelism. Um, pastors are those who care for people um, in the church. They're, they're, they're shepherds is another way we often call pastors. They're shepherds. They're those who care for the flock. And then uh, teachers, that's pretty obvious too. Uh, let's go to 1 Peter. This is the one that often is wrong. So we'll see if I did get the right passage yeah, this is the right passage. Perfect. I think we got it right for once, other than that number. All right, 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I throw that one in there because there are long lists of gifts in the Bibles. We just looked at two of them. There are others as well. It ranges from hospitality to, um, to, to you know, teaching. Uh, there, there are all sorts of gifts in there. There's leadership. There's encouragement. So, so there, there's really soft skills. There's hard skills. There's a whole range of gifts. And then this passage very clearly shows us there's no limit to the ways God has called people to use their gifts to follow him and to help others follow him um, in his kingdom. There, there's no limit to it. He wants every part of our lives to be oriented towards his kingdom, living that out and practicing it here and now. So that opens up a whole world. Well, we have a question for you to discuss today. And as usual, we hope that you won't just uh, think about it on your own, but that you'll share your thoughts with some friends, family, colleagues, fellow commuters, somebody else in your life who might benefit from taking this course to help them grow as a Christian. Here's your question for today. 
What part do you think God might have prepared you to play in the church or the body of Christ? Well, have a great discussion, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now. Thank you.